I was in uh, I was in Cochrane. I was in Cochrane at uh, paintballing for my brother's my stepbrother's bachelor party, and uh, this guy uh, offered me a ride to stretch my legs out for a bit. Oh, I definitely stretched my legs out for a bit. Back in back in Star helicopter. Something happens in your life that is uh, unexpected unwanted and I can't remember unwelcome or whatever consider it just might be a gift hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to episode 26 of the good people bad intentions podcast and today as our guest I have two guests I have Brandon Chase as well as his mother Pam Davis on the show now for anybody that's not familiar with Brandon's story he is somebody who unfortunately in 2015 uh, been, had been in an accident involving a drunk driver and since then has had a severe brain injury as well as a lack of mobility due to this accident. But that has not stopped Brandon from his road to recovery. He's gone from somebody who had been in a coma and had to relearn how to walk, how to talk. And now, uh, as you'll see if you follow him on Instagram, he is running uh, like he had done previously when he was in rugby. Uh, he's going to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu class at Tilt MMA. Um, and he's also um, continuing to uh, be an inspirational person by being a motivational speaker and speaking at events uh, in which case you will see him uh, hopefully at the calgary stampede coming up in july i'm going to be asking him about that and more and what i really want to focus on in this episode is trying to extract some lessons that everybody else can take away from because not everybody has obviously been in his shoes uh, but I think we can learn a lot from asking these kind of questions. So without further ado, guys, here's Brandon and Pam. Hey, Brandon, as well as hey, Pam. Welcome to the podcast. Hey. Hi. Thanks for having us. I really, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on there, Brandon. I just want to start out by saying I kind of found out about your story um, through uh, the Fight League Atlantic. You know, Derek Clark or Cat Clark, as he's known, he shared a couple of your um, motivational posts from your Instagram page. And then later on, I saw that you were also on the uh, Mick Dojo Live uh, Instagram page. You were doing, uh, you did a live show with him uh, sharing your story. And I thought it was it was a no-brainer to have you on the podcast because I really do believe that you have a message that everybody can benefit from hearing. Um, and and I want to again thank uh, you know your mom Pam for coming on. Uh, she's going to be kind of in the background in case uh, you know uh, Brandon needs any help or anything like that. Uh, she can fill in some of the gaps. So I really appreciate you coming on there as well, Pam. And and thank you for coming on there, Brandon. Thank you, you know, thanks for having us. Thank you very much. I'm honored. Now, now I had uh, I had looked at some uh, previous um, uh, podcasts uh, that have already talked about your story, um, and and I definitely want to spend some time talking about it. Uh, but what I really want to focus that's different on this podcast is maybe some of the major takeaways that everybody that's listening to your story can have. Because one thing I noticed is, um, you know, you have a really, a really awesome Instagram page, Roadrunner142 on Instagram. Are you a big Roadrunner fan? I actually, I made a couple before my car crash called Roadrunner142 mm -hmm. because of the cartoon, right? I was yes, like yes. years old. And it's a lot of that I got hit by an SV afterwards. And uh, a few people uh, laughed at when I, they, I told them my story. And uh, yes. they chuckled that, not laughed. They chuckled that when I told them my story. And just follow me on Instagram, Roadrunner142. And I'm like, what's so funny? And like, you got hit by an SV. And Instagram account is Roadrunner142. I'm like, good point. Yes. So, yeah. Um, and, and one thing I really love there, Brandon, is what your bio says. Uh, it says, I'm just a G in the gi that hit, got, got hit by SUV, but I'm still training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So STFU and train. Yeah, yeah. One thing I've noticed before we even get into your story, Brandon, 
you have this attitude that not a lot of people have uh, where you're you're constantly pushing forward you know you've had some you've had some unfortunate things happen uh, in 2015 and we're gonna get to that but f- before I start where do you get that kind of um, motivation to to continue where, where does that come from is that how you've always been growing up uh, Probably, I'll say that. I, uh, I was a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, right? And, uh, and, uh, it's mom, yes, too, right? And, you know, mo- most of us Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and, you know, we're going to on the technique, uh, make sure you, pre- you perfect it, and, yeah, mm-hmm. make sure you, uh, just keep going and never give up on yourself, you know. You're motivated. It motivates me, yeah, it motivates me. And we had some we had some private conversations, um, and it seems to me that you're also a fan of MMA. Did you get into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because of being a fan for MMA, or did you know the the sport of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu first? Uh, yeah, probably uh, because of uh, UFC. Yes. Out, okay. Uh, the boys, you know, I, I saw those guys, and uh, I found out that there was a. A school in Spanish Bay, near my way, I used to live in, high, in, uh, in Big Roberts. And mm-hmm. uh, I went there, and the rest, the rest is history, so yeah. And are, you're originally from uh, from Newfoundland, correct? I'm originally from Calgary. I, I was in Newfoundland when I was 10 years old, so my family, uh, my mom's from there, so yeah. Okay, so Calgary. probably... Do you find you have some people they're trying to call you a person from Calgary and sometimes they're trying because I've seen some articles where they call you a Newfoundlander Brandon Chase and then other times you know you're the Cal like is it the term Calgarian or Calgarian yeah yeah Calgarian uh, yeah I, that was probably because of my CBC Newfoundland saw me first and they, mm-hmm. they brought Newfoundland right first so I'm, yes. I'm a crossbred cause I, I, I am crossbred and I uh uh, I crossbred and I I graduated high school there, so can't say I'm not, I'm half I'm a I'm a half 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 mainlander and half East Coaster. Because somebody that I uh, train with and is from Newfoundland, do you know of Gavin Tucker, yeah, the governor Tucker? He doesn't like me that much, so yeah, he actually got me blocked on Instagram because uh, <laughs> uh oh, because. Because you tell him this too, if you want. Yeah, yeah, he's probably listening. Yeah, he's been at the because I, I told him that uh, Keem, I was a kid. I was, sorry, I was talking to Gavin Tucker on Instagram before, right? Before he blocked mm-hmm. me. And uh, yeah. I was like, um, he told me he dropped down to 135 pounds. And I told mm-hmm. that to Keem. And Keem's like, tell, it's a smooth, smart move. So Akeem told me smart move, right? So I'm like, go on Instagram. Well, I'm a big fight fan, right? So I, 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 I yes, fist cuffs. So I'm like, yes, I think I'm much of it. Just I get hit by an SBA. It's very personal, right? I get hit by the no. and the punches. Not unfortunately. But uh, and, I, and I want I don't want to speak, but I, I know Gavin. I I wonder if there was a bit of a misunderstanding. I know he's a, a really nice guy. I'd love to be maybe able to see if I can do something about that because you know he is a big uh, a big part of the Newfoundland scene for MMA. I mean I know he trains in uh, okay. in Halifax, uh, Titans MMA, and then he's also now been going to Montreal and TriStar. And the PI right now. Yeah, uh, me and me and uh, me and Peter Martel. I always wish uh, Peter Martel, Mike, good luck to uh, King, uh, King uh, I'm sorry, Gavin's upcoming fight, right? And he said, thank yes, you. Yes. So uh, he's like, anytime he says, anytime you're in Halifax, drop down for a roll, right? So I'm like, cool. But I just, I'm just understanding, right? Because, well, it's all good, right? I've been to a lot worse and to that blog on Instagram because of that, right? No, no, and and I love I loved how you're you're already showing through that, you know this this incident that we are gonna get into, um, has really shaped your perspective, and and I love what you're saying where, you know maybe if somebody hasn't gone through something like you have, 
that would be their biggest problem that somebody blocked them on Instagram or isn't talking to them. They look up to somebody and maybe they aren't what they say they are or thought that they were, but can we, can we just let the cat out the bag, so to speak? So from just, just to set, um, kind of the scene from my understanding, um, it was in 2015 that this accident had taken place and you were just out of Calgary, Alberta. And can you can you kind of fill in the rest of the uh, the the background story about about the the accident? Certainly, we'll do. Uh, so uh, I was a uh, bachelor party for a bachelor for from I was in I was at I was in uh, I was in Cochrane, outside Cochrane at uh, paintballing for my mm-hmm. bachelor party, and uh, this guy uh, offered me a ride. Stretch my legs out for a bit. Oh, I definitely mm-hmm. stretched my legs out for a bit. Back in Star Wars helicopter. Okay. Uh, Star Wars helicopter. And yeah, uh, yeah. Hey guy, I don't remember last. I uh, so we so I tell you what happened now. Uh, my my driver pulled a little U turn, and I'm coming SUV traveling at 175 miles an hour, hit me on my passenger passenger side. The crazy I even survived, right? The doctor did not think I'll even survive, and uh, he lied to me and my brother apparently. My brother told me this afterwards. He's like, he told me that uh, he said to. My brother came up, me and my brother were at the passenger side of the car outside, and we told him, he said to me, we were talking about this guy, and he told us that he was sober enough to drive me back home. Well, he was, he lied. So, yeah. Well, if you can, adults, you can drive, and always watch who you are with, because not everyone's, everyone's going to be there for you, right? No. So, yeah. And, and hey, I really appreciate you, you know, sharing that information. I know it probably doesn't get any easier saying that because um, from the, the interviews that I've gathered, um, it seems like it, at the beginning you didn't really have a lot of memory as far as what happened, and you had uh, uh, you had a period where you were unconscious for a, for a while. Yeah, I was. And yeah. can you kind of talk about what? The, and maybe maybe your mom would be the perfect person to to step in on on this particular part. What was the the original um, diagnosis, or, or what was what were the doctors originally thinking that was going to happen after the accident? So, originally they they did not give much hope for Brandon's survival at all because of his injuries. Um, and when we arrived from Newfoundland, he had already been through the surgery, you know, the initial surgery, well, STARS airlifted him to the Foothills Hospital. And uh, they basically barely made it. He was coding as they arrived there. Um, and his injuries, he had a, a traumatic brain injury, which is probably the most severe injury. He had, you know, lacerated arteries. So he was, he had bled a lot. He had very low blood pressure, low to, you know, um, from all the bleeding and uh, his pelvis was shattered um, and he just, you know, he had uh, brain uh, bleed in his brain as well. So they basically spent several hours trying to patch him up. His urethra as well was torn away from his bladder. At that time, they didn't even know that. but. He was uh, in the OR for an extended period of time. They, you know, put his pelvis somewhat back together using external fixation. Uh, They um, stopped the bleeding and uh, were able to, you know, get him to the ICU. And when we arrived, they basically were saying, you know, he's still alive now, but we're not sure of where this is going to go. Uh, Basically told us not to get our hopes up. And, and he was not responsive. He's, you know, neurologically, he did not have any response even to deep, painful stimulus. Um, and as the days went on, you know, they continued to tell us that 
even if he did survive, he likely would not be in much more than a vegetative state. So there was really little hope given to us at the time by the doctors. But, but for all that, I mean, um, I, I was fortunate in that I had worked in Calgary before and I had a strong network of friends who were still there in the system who kept me, you know, up and helped me maintain hope and never, ever gave up on hope through all of this. And uh, look at him now. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, it was quite a, it was quite amazing, actually, watching the whole... And Brandon remained in a coma for several weeks. Then he was semi-conscious for, you know, several more weeks before he finally showed us that, uh, you know, he was there was something in there and he was coming, coming around, he was coming back. It took a while to get there. And once he did, you know, yeah, things just kind of... And am I correct in assuming, because I've seen some uh, uh, description of what, what happened with Brandon, and, and they use the term decapitation. So he had an injury called uh, atlanto-occipital dislocation. And okay. basically that is from the impact, the ligaments in his neck were all separated on impact. Okay. So it's the equivalent of a decapitation because there's nothing then to protect your spine. So basically, had he been wrong, moved the wrong way, you know, during that frontline management, even he could have been totally paralyzed. Most people do not survive atlanto-occipital dislocation. Most, and how many people die, Brandon? Seventy percent die. Seventy percent die on uh, at the scene, See. and then usually only about fifteen percent are you know surviving enough to go to 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 uh, possibly become you know rehabilitated. So really, that diagnosis was probably the scariest because the fact that he was still there, you know, showed that he was managed properly from the, from the outset. And I'm, I'm so glad to hear about what you said about when this happened, that you had a, a network of people, um, in the Calgary area that were able to give you some hope and, and also to, to try and help everything that they could do. And, and this is a question just thinking about, you know, trying to put myself in a bit of your shoes going through this. You know, what we have experienced with Brandon is nothing short of a miracle. I mean, like you said, 70% of people don't survive this type of injury. Um, and that's, that's, that's crazy to think about. When this whole, with this whole experience that we're talking about, was there any type of connection that you were able to make with, you know, it being a miracle, maybe a spiritual significance or, you know, what goes to your minds when, when, when such a negative maybe thing at the beginning turns out that he, he has quite, quite the recovery? Well, interestingly enough, I mean, there, yes, there were many, as tragic and as awful as this was, there, there were so many gifts along the way. Um, and, you know, the continual recovery and gains that Brandon made after the initial tra trauma, of course. Uh, but, you know, a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, gave me this little, she sent me this little inspiration in the early days as Brandon started to you know, show some antibiotics. And at first when she sent that, I, I really just kind of dismissed it. And then many things happened along the way. First of all, there was, for me, having the network of people who helped me being in a hospital like the Foothills, which is a center of excellence for, you know, neuro problems uh, and, and problems such as Brandon had. I mean, there, there couldn't have been, you know, uh, a better place for him to be. If you're going to have those injuries, he was in the best place. If you're going to have an accident on the roadside, you need to be somewhere where there is STARS, an organization like STARS. If it were not for STARS, Brandon would not have survived. So all those little things lined up. And, and then another thing my friend gave me was this little medallion. It just it was a little holographic thing and it had hope written on it. And the Hebrews, you know, number from the, the, the part of the Bible, whatever that mm -hmm. talks about. Uh, and I, she gave that to me and it would just turn up at the oddest times. It would be in my purse, in my pocket, not, not you know, being aware that it was there. I would put my hand in my pocket and pull out this little button that had this hope written on it and those kinds of things yes lead me to think that there absolutely was 
uh, you know, something more, something bigger going on here for us. There have been so many messages and again, gifts along the way that, uh, and, and it's still, it's still, you know, coming. Those things are still happening, I should say. And, and again, I, I really appreciate you sharing that because that was kind of before the interview, that was kind of what I was thinking again, trying to put myself in your shoes and now knowing a little bit more of the, the information. I mean, yeah, it, it seems like everything, you know, it was a, it was obviously an awful event, but there was a lot of things and hands that were, you know, there you could see, or maybe not be able to see that that seemed to be helping Brandon get to the point where he, he is now. So I'm really, I'm really grateful that, that, uh, these things, yeah, these things happened and he was able to, to have a, a wonderful recovery. And, and now I want to switch to back to Brandon and just ask you, um, can going back to those times where, cause I, if I'm not mistaken, you had to learn almost everything all over again. Going back to those times, I can only imagine that that was a very frustrating point in your life where you had to do something that most people don't have to do and maybe do take for granted. And maybe if we go back to what we were saying earlier about, you know, being blocked on Instagram or whatever, people, people's issues maybe are a little different you know, at a, the age of 21 years old, which I think is the age you were when, when this happened, yeah, yeah. can you just talk about that? Like how, how you felt when you were learning all this stuff and how you felt looking at everybody else around your age and what they were going through and struggling with, and maybe it being a little bit different. Well, uh, tell you too, I had no idea. Um, my first woke up, well, what was going on, what happened to me, right? Like, I have mm -hmm. my brain injury, I, I don't remember my car crash, thank God. I was mm -hmm. looking up and like, what, what heck happened to me, right? And I was scared, I, I, thought, I, was, I thought I was paralyzed, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I see people at my age, 21 years old, partying, I'm uh, partying up, and you know, it's crazy that I, I went through those also traumatic and uh, it affects me uh, with bars to, 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 uh, to tell my story to people and uh, maybe be old guys with girls sometimes and I just lay, lay back and, and people think I'm drunk with bars. I see bars, I see beers and I get drunk faster. So be very <laughs> careful with that, right? So. Uh, it's very challenging for me, right, to be social, socially acceptable. And your balance and coordination. Balance and coordination, it, yeah. It's a, make it appear. Yeah, make it appear I'm drunk. And, uh, a guy, like, a guy yesterday, uh, said, uh, I, I get tired of saying it all over again, I have brain injury, right? And guy's like, are you drunk? You're hammered. I'm like, no, I have a brain injury. And I said bad word, but I'm, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he's like, no worries, it's all good. You didn't know. Have a good night. And yeah, it's just very frustrating. Going down the stairs, it's just, I hear all, I hear all the time. So I don't go out that much anymore. I don't get in trouble. So yeah, it, it affects my, uh, it affects my speech, my uh, balance, and people think I'm drunk. And all the time, and I have jinx every now and again, right? But not much, not much anymore, no. And I'm sorry to hear that that people are are making these assumptions. Obviously, not knowing the the story, but this is something that you know most people don't have to deal with. With people thinking that they're drunk all the time because of the fact that they were in this this accident. And have you had like like I'm just curious before this accident had even happened as a person. Do you, do you think you understood what you're going through now or, or was, was this all a, a new experience about, you know, brain injury and, and maybe some form of disability? Was this a, was this a whole new thing? Like when this, when this happened to you at 21 years old, did you know anything about this prior? Did you have anybody in your family that maybe had a disability? Oh, uh, no, 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 no. No, no one did, no. 
when uh, no one had a disability, like a brain injury, or it's a brand new experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy no one else in my family experienced it before. It's, it's, I don't wish I had me on anyone, especially mm-hmm. my family members, right? So I'm very fortunate I'm alive and tell my story as many people as possible. And yeah, but I don't wish I had me on anyone because I was hoping very close to not even be here, right? And I'm going to walk in and talk again. Some people with brain injuries can't talk at all. Can't mm-hmm. even talk or walk, you know, so very grateful. And what I think is really incredible is not only can you now talk, but you have been a motivational speaker. You have had many opportunities to share your story and inspire others. Of course, there's the broadcast that, that we had mentioned where you were on the news and then the podcast and the times and the occasions where you spoke. Was this something before the accident? Were you somebody, were you a, a speaker or is this a skill that you've learned through everything you've gone through? Uh, no, it's brand new. I never was a speaker. I always, always was a quiet person in high school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this speaking experience is a really eye opener. I did try this. I, uh, whatsoever like uh the the the, like the accident really changed my life right and Mm -hmm. and i was sure i first was i just worked hard i didn't know what to do i just worked hard i had no idea what my injuries were at first i think mom told me that mom told me that my injuries so i continued working hard because that's how i knew it was working hard right and thank god that the, the stars uh, save my neck, right? Because I would be dead if I did was for stars and the first responders. Because what happened was, uh, the guy that called these open stars, he called in the first responders, called at stars, and put them on uh-huh. high alert. And then they, uh, then they arrived at their, their uh, crew ready to, to, uh, dispatch, dispatch me, to dispatch to Cochrane and, Maybe they flew to the hospital in seven minutes flat. So, yeah. But the guy. Are you I- able to. Sorry. Um, are you able to, Pam, maybe talk about STARS as an organization if you can? Just for anybody that's not familiar with what STARS does? Yeah. STARS is the, uh, the uh, air ambulance uh, in Western Canada, I guess, Alberta and okay. Uh, okay. BC and Saskatchewan, too, I'm pretty sure. Anyways. Know, and they. Uh, they travel with a very uh, high-end team. Like there's a, a doctor, a an ICU nurse, and a um, doc, a paramedic, and of course a pilot, and a co-pilot. Mm-hmm. So they actually brought us to the base camp after Brandon was in his oh, wheelchair. Wow. We were able to go and we looked inside the helicopter, the actual helicopter that transported Brandon. And I could not envision Brandon's six foot five body in there with three people working on him and a pilot and co-pilot. It's unreal. And they travel like, of course, they, they can do many things during that flight that a regular road ambulance would not be able to do. They carry mm-hmm. blood. Brandon had to have blood transfused en route. They, Brandon, at one point, both of his lungs were f- filled with blood. One lung had collapsed and he, they were not able to ventilate him. So the resident doctor who was there actually did a thoracotomy en route. So they basically cut between his ribs to help release the pressure and they were able to ventilate him. I mean, if, if those measures, wow. if they were not able to do that, he would not have survived. So STARS Ambulance uh, is, is an amazing organization. And, uh, you know, just uh, basically they are our heroes. And when Brandon was mentioning the first line, the first people who came on the scene, the first ambulance, they were out of Cochrane. The guy who was was there in the ambulance who who responded had worked previously with STARS. So again, he knew exactly what to do. Not that others wouldn't, but he had you know, been witness to this type of scenario many times over. So there could not have been a better person responding to Brandon's accident at the time. And I, I think that, yeah, they, they definitely 
would have to be heroes because it, they're responding to multiple uh, things that was going on with Brandon at the time. And I can't imagine um, the level of stresses that, that they were going through too. Cause um, and, 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 and I, I can't, I can't lie that this, this is in all, all terms, everything that I'm learning, this is a miracle that, that has gone through. And, I think it's very rare in at least my life to, to be able to, to be around a living miracle. So I want to say again, it's, it's an honor to have you guys on here because, um, I think, I think this story, uh, especially during the times that, that we're having right now, where there can be a lack of hope with things going on that you, you, uh, Pam had hope in, in your son. Uh, you know, getting through everything that he went through, and and he did, and that's that's a amazing story. Well, interestingly enough, too, you're asking Brandon how he felt seeing other people out there at his age, and you know, he doesn't remember all the details, of course, even surrounding the mm -hmm. early days of his recovery. But he was mm -hmm. so very frustrated at not being able to do things, not being able to stand up, not being able to walk, and sometimes, you know, with his brain injury, he would be so frustrated that you know he would have outbursts related mm -hmm. to that and one thing he kept saying over and over again was I just want to run again I just want to run and back in those early days when he wasn't walking when he was in a lift saying that he wanted to run again just seemed so far down the road but you know he always had that hope and and we never said well you're not going to run again Brandon of course come on let's get real here we never said that we might have wondered, well, what's it going to look like? Because, you know, his pelvis was totally shattered and he had, mm -hmm. you know, has pins in his hips and his back and, you know, to, to hold things together. But uh, he has just posted, I don't know if you saw this, a picture on Instagram of him running yeah, in his yeah, gym, yeah, a video, uh, with holding a rugby ball. And I'm like, wow, like unreal. Like really from those early days to now, he said that, I just want to run again. And now he's out there, you know, doing it. So hope, I mean, never give up hope ever. And, and having that, I'd imagine Brandon, like when you were, I don't know if, if you can remember at those, those stages where, where you were saying you wanted to run, were you visualizing in your head that you were going to, like you, did you see that you were going because a lot of people say when when they're when they're recovering you have to see it yourself in order for it to happen did you did you feel that was your case or was there times where it felt like it might you might not be able to run again or well, well to be quite frankly no one told me i had to walk uh or talk walk it's or not talk walk and uh run again or no one told me that so i just kept pushing 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 kept working hard I gave up myself and, you know, uh, I went to, uh, I was transferred to, uh, Bob Foothills for nine months, mom, right? Eight months, yeah. Eight months, I moved to Pinocchio, Alberta. Brain Injury Center. Center and Hubbard Johnson is called. And, uh, there's, like, mental health, brain injury, and, oh, like, uh, seniors home. Uh, seniors, uh. You were there for the seniors, rehab. Yeah, there for the rehab, yeah. And, uh. And all I did there was rehab, rehab, rehab. But yeah, it was my job, right? And yeah, and uh, it's very tough because you know, very tough. But I kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing, and and then read more rehab, more rehab, and read more rehab. And I'm grateful. I I never give up on myself. I'm 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 happy that it all worked out. You were there for 14 months. Oh, there for 14 months. 14 yeah. months. A year of my life. So after he was discharged from the hospital, after eight months, he spent another 14 months in a residential rehab. He lived and lived there and rehabbed there. Wow. So that was that you spent quite a quite a long time uh, in, in rehab to to get to where you are. And, you know, I, I was going to try to, again, uh, bring it back to to something you love, mixed martial arts. I mean, how many times do you hear, or, or even boxing or any sport, how many times do you hear about a fighter that gets an ACL injury or something happens to their ankle or McGregor, you know, it's his shin bone. 
something happens like that and they and they say oh it's everybody their first comment is oh he's done you yeah. know he's not he's not gonna he's not gonna recover he's his, his career is over and then you know you'll see a lot of those fighters they'll be like george st pierre conor mcgregor they they come back before they were even expected to for for an injury or whatever when you see when you see your you know the the sport that you that you follow people are are having that level of recovery and then you you're you're having to again learn learn things that people don't ha- usually have to relearn you know you have to go through this immense amount of rehab i mean what what is your perspective as a sports fan now do you feel like some people are are uh, making making issues a little bigger than than what they really are um Uh, sometimes, yeah, but I, uh, but yeah, again, martial arts is, that's like, you see punch someone in the face, that's pretty tough too, right? I don't, I don't True. Up get punched in the face, I'll get hit, I only got hit by an SV once, thank God, so, um, <laughs> yeah, 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 but, yeah, so that's a plus, I guess. Yes. But, uh, and... Sorry to cut you off. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is not a um, striking martial art, but there is some level of contact involved with it. And I'm just curious. Um, maybe maybe Pam would be uh, able to answer this better. But was there any level of hesitancy for Brandon to get into this sport? Um, and and what was and Brandon? What was it like starting Brazilian? Did you start Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu after the? After oh. the the accident or before? Before I I was in Newfoundland. I was in high okay. school. Okay. Okay. And I um uh, I was born also and I I was in Spanish Bay area, in school Spanish Bay in Newfoundland, mm-hmm. and I went to a uh, Holy's mixed martial arts. Holy's mm-hmm. a good gym. I trained there with Jamie Bercy and uh, uh, Kelly she, Kelly his his uh, wife. And just mm-hmm. here, and Alan Moore, and Mark Bloom, and yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, it, it was good. Uh, as a teenager, I had a lot of testosterone, and it really helped me with my testosterone. Actually, when Brandon moved to Alberta, that was one of his goals. He wanted to train at many different gyms. That was one of his goals yeah. pr- prior to his car crash. And uh, mm-hmm. when he was in hospital, still at the foothills. You mind if I tell that story? Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a friend of his, a guy who he had only met, you know, a couple of times, maybe maybe once or twice, came, found out about Brandon's story, but that he'd been, you know, in a severe car crash, and he came to the hospital to see Brandon. He brought him his whole collection of MMA videos. He bought him a mini DVD player. He brought him uh, a set of bike gloves, I believe. And he told Brandon that he was going to help get him back on the mats again. This guy was wow. Red Deer. His name is Tyler Davis, and he was amazingly uh, good to Brandon. Just an amazing, you know, support to him. Uh, and that is like the MMA. That is like the, the the community. I mean, they just are so much there for each other. That it just was a real eye opener for me. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And Tyler continued to, you know check in on Brandon and at one point so he first came around I think it was in the fall probably around November or so and there was a big fight coming up in Alberta and he told Brandon he was going to take him to this fight um, at the, Ar- what was the arena Hard Knocks uh, in, uh, in, uh, in Calgary in, uh, was, I can't remember the name of the arena uh, yeah. anyway yeah, it, was, it, was, it was like the Olympics and Olympic uh, social. Yeah, out by the out by the Olympic. Olympic Oval, yeah, Olympic No, it wasn't the Olympic Oval. But anyways, that's irrelevant. He so Tyler booked a limousine to come to the hospital to pick Brandon up. They got dressed up in their suits, uh, and Tyler made a huge big deal. He got them ring side seats, and. They, uh, the limousine came and rolled out the red carpet. Brandon and Tyler got in the limousine and drove off to the arena for the fights. It was amazing. And of course, he wasn't on the mats at that point. But shortly after that, when Brandon was in Halver Johnson, Tyler showed up at the Halver Johnson Brain Injury Center 
with a whole bunch of mats and they started rolling on the floor just gently but he got you know brandon back into the groove and he actually brought him to some gyms because he was a professional fighter himself so he knew people in the community and brandon went to red deer to a couple of different um, places there where he was able to train with tyler coaching him and it just totally blew me away yeah. he's, he's his dedication and uh, how kind he was. Uh, Brandon, are you able to speak a little bit more about Tyler and your relationship with him? Because that's an amazing thing that you know he was he was doing for you. Is is you still keep in contact? Oh yeah, we're still we're still in contact. Uh, he he's been I think working somewhere else now, but we're still in contact. A nice, mm -hmm. good, good boy of mine, best best kind as maybe he says. <laughs> best kind of right, that guy. Best kind, right? And when he shows uh, up, whenever he's around, he comes in. He comes, yeah, whenever he's in the red area, he's in the red area, so he's not far away from Calgary. But anytime he's in Calgary area, he drops by for a visit. So I'm honored for my friendship that Tyler brought to me. And yeah, I actually met Tyler Davis uh, in a flying car once before a car crash, and I was at the urinal. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I, uh, I said, oh, it's, you're tired of this, right? And he yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big MMA fan, right? So I'm like, mm -hmm. you're tired of this. Oh my God. I searched up his, uh, his name on, on Tabology before the car crash in 10, 10 and 2. And he actually has the same name and my last name as my mom, Davis, okay. right? Okay. So, mm -hmm. cool. And, uh, I thought he was from Newfoundland first or from whatnot, but no, he's from BC originally. And mm -hmm. yeah, we started at the Nero and rest is, rest is history. Yeah. That's history. Very, very nice guy. And I, again, I'm, I'm really glad that uh, that connection was made, that he was able to still give you um, some tools to do something that you really have a passion for and love. And what I want to ask now is, you know, we've had conversations where, you know, you you still go to the gym and then you go to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu when you can. Right. And wh how how what do you? Because I see you're, you're lifting weights, you're you're squatting, you're running on the treadmill. Is there anything you can't do? Not to get planets to be again. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's a good answer. Yeah, but um, uh, it's it's day by day, you know. Very important. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna stay humble, but yeah, it's I'm happy. I'm happy that I, uh, everything worked out for me and keep pushing, and I uh, I, uh, I still need some work to do. Mm -hmm. Wise with girls and all that stuff. Yes. Uh, I get mad fast sometimes too. I, uh, I work on my principal and my stepbrother because I got mad that this is wedding before. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so we'll, we'll it's a nice work on my brain. Still needs some work, but hopefully, we will pack some things up when I'm back in Newfoundland again. But yeah, uh, it's, it's hard with the brain injury, right? Like, uh, but I'm working towards uh, independence and being a better person. And and I wanted to ask, and maybe maybe this is too personal of a question, so we don't have to air it. But um, when you when somebody goes through an accident, of course we, we were talking about the physical things that happen to you, but that is a lot of trauma as far as you know going through that and the emotions and the life alteredness of it. Um, when you when you as time progresses are you able to look at the situation um differently or or do you does your initial feelings about what happened is that still how you feel about it and more so i'm talking about the driver because i realized that you know he had uh, he survived the accident if, if i'm not mistaken right he and he was he was incarcerated because of this. He was incarcerated. Drunk, you mean? No, was he? Uh, 
penalized. Was he penalized? But I uh, I went for nine days on a weekend. That's all you got. And I uh, really, I really don't wish for him to be on anyone. And like I said before, <laughs> and if you asked me about the same person I asked before. How you looked, even how you looked at at. Kellen, Kellen, um, did differently because I'm walking now, right? But I'm mm-hmm. shaking now because of my my brain injury. But uh, yes, of course. But um, I look at I look at. Uh, I think Calvin. I think Calvin as well. He's made me stronger. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought you just said, "Well, this is because he makes you stronger." Or, yes. uh, or, uh, well, I mean, what exactly they said, but uh, together we are stronger. I think. But yeah, it's like that motto, and yeah, it's good. Brandon has this uh, every now and then. He has this involuntary twitching that occurs. Okay. As well, so it's, yeah. It has nothing uh, nothing to do with uh, the duration that we're doing. By the way, like uh, no, no, you're not in any pain or or anything. We're, we are pretty we are pretty close to time, so it's not yeah. But no, no, uh, no, luckily, I have no pain. Like awesome, uh, awesome. So uh, I think Brandon has somewhat. You know, over time, I mean, there was a time when he was very angry. You could not mention the driver's name yeah. without yes. you having a major breakdown, really, right? Shoot my, shoot my head. Oh, he was just, he was, mm-hmm. he would, one of the things with his brain injury, he, he has what is called perseverative behavior. So you get something mm-hmm. and you hang on to it over and mm-hmm. over and over again. It keeps coming mm-hmm. back and you can't, you know, you go from one thing that you're, you're, you know, stuck on to something else. And for a while, for him, it was this driver. Uh, but over time, I think as things kind of evolved and you started to get your life back, I think, you know, he was able to let go of a lot of that um, anger, I think. And, yeah. No, no, and no. and I'm, I'm very glad to hear that because um, when I'm asking like a lot of these questions, I realized that all of the reactions that, that we were just talking about, I believe are very normal. When something like that happens to somebody, those emotions, I, I wouldn't say anybody would say would not have those those things. No. So and I'm, I'm yes, right. And I'm just so grateful that you're you're willing to share this stuff because I think when people, um, again, some of the takeaways that that we're getting from from talking about this is again, it's all about perspective and and knowing that somebody you know might have might be going through something as you had had which was a very difficult situation and seeing how you were able to uh you know recover through it and persevere and work hard um that is that is amazing in and of itself but then also when we're talking about you know the long term looking at the whole situation and be able to kind of drop a little bit of that that anger, that rage, and just let the emotions just drop and be able to to live in a little bit more peace and harmony. I think that also gives us hope as individuals that no matter what we go through, there might be a time in life later on down the road where we're able to decompress and and have a better outlook on things. Yeah. And... Um, I want to. I want to. I want to. Uh, just towards the end of the uh, the episode, I want to end things on a little bit more of a light note. Um, of course, you're a big MMA fan, so I want to ask you, maybe some. What are some of your your favorite fighters that you know? Maybe may, they don't have to to be fighting today, but you know, growing up, uh, watching when when you were getting into MMA, GSP. Uh, GSP, I see yeah. you got the Hayabusa rash guard going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Represent. I, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I had a sweater on before. Mm-hmm. So I got dirty, so I switched to this. Is, I'm yeah. uh, John yeah. Donner now. I like that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah, I'm John Donner now. I wear rash guard, so I can <laughs> wear rash guard. Are you going to get the John Donner hair, uh, haircut, too? Uh, shave head to me. They came The Donna Hare Death Squad is like one of the biggest uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu teams, and it's crazy that GSP was able to work with uh, Donna Hare uh, during yeah. his during his career. Are uh, you a fan of uh, Gordon uh, Gordon Ryan. from? Uh, yes, Gordon Ryan from from yeah, the Donna Hare. I know he is. 
I know you know I'm a big fan of Sonic. She's a very attractive girl. Yes. But, uh, yes. But, uh, 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 he's like the best kind, very nice guy, I guess. So, yeah. I, uh, I, I know he doesn't like, uh, Galveo, Galveo, Andrew Galveo that much. See, on, on his, uh, Instagram account or on YouTube all the time. And I remember and he wasn't Dubai. getting along with Dylan Dennis for a while. Yeah, when Dylan Dennis was still. Yeah, Dylan Dennis says a lot of stuff too, right? You know, you yes. realize, right? <laughs> he's a tower because he's a point boy. So he says, I, I think I think when I said Dylan Danis's name, he his head moved up in real life. Like he heard, <laughs> he heard somebody talking about him because he's uh, yeah. he really yeah. likes he likes the chatter. He likes yeah, the chatter. He's from New York too, right? You gotta realize that he's from New York and he likes all about himself, right? Makes sense. True. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, he's a big townie almost. And That's and would you? Would you Sorry. would you have uh, like both are retired now? Uh, a lot of people, when GSP was still flirting with coming back after uh, winning the middleweight belt, there was talks about him maybe fighting against uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov. Of course, before his father had passed and he had retired as well. Who yeah. do you think would have won in their prime, GSP versus Khabib? GSP. I GSP? think you'd be seriously. Yes. GSP, GSP, GSP is scared to fight, but. You won. You won. I think. Uh, yeah. I. Uh, yeah. I think GSP will won. I'm. I'm in bias. I'm Canadian. And I met yeah. George Pierre once in. in okay. And, uh, what was that like? Very nice guy. I told, told my story, and uh, I told him that I met Brendan Shaw once, twice actually. Uh -huh. And uh, so my my arms were shaking. Yeah. No. No problem. And I, I told him, I told GSP that I met, him that I met, I met Brennan Schaub twice, mm -hmm. and very nice guy, and uh, I told uh, Brennan Schaub uh, my story, and he might actually want me on the podcast, I'd be honored if he did. Yes. And that's, well, GSP is a very nice guy, he's very humble, and... You want to know how people describe? I've heard a couple people describe him. He's like a grandma that can choke you out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's such a nice guy. You wouldn't know that he's he's you know a world class fighter, uh, a champion. You know, on some people's number one lists for his all time greats in the sport yeah. of the of MMA. I'm glad yeah. you were able to make that connection and meet him because that would have been, uh, you know. We're talking about stars, obviously being a, a hero, and I, I've heard also uh, in interviews you talking about your mom being one of your heroes as well. Um, and and I can imagine meeting somebody like GSP, somebody that you look up to. The reason that you have this passion that you got into, that must have been a very fulfilling moment as well. Hundred percent, yeah, it was very very cool to meet him, and uh, and, uh, and he told he like I told him I British me twice, and. Uh, Roll it down and very, very, very Brendan nice. a bike guy now, eh? He's always on the bicycles. Yeah, yeah. The thick of, boy, yeah. the thick boy. Isn't that what? Everybody's got the shirts. Very, very nice guy. But yeah, GSP is very humble and yeah, yeah. Very nice guy. Very nice guy. I'm, I'm honored to meet him. I'm honored that I'm. I was fired. I was honored to be here. You know, just honored to talk, walk. Well, well, sorry, yeah. Well, what, what I've been through, and uh, I've been through a heck and back, hell back, so to speak. You really appreciate it. Like, I really, even so, like, even more, right? And yes, yeah, all oh, days in life, you know. So yeah, I'm very, very grateful. And uh, I know uh, today or yesterday, um, you were supposed to be on a podcast, and I know that it's been moved for the stampede. Do you have any details for any of the listeners? Because I do have some people listening in Calgary, Alberta. Uh, do you have any uh, details as far as any upcoming uh, uh, gatherings or, or times you'll be speaking that people okay. could, could could attend? Uh, now you, uh, I have I have uh, going to be on a podcast in July. Mm -hmm. uh, you gotta put your hands on the radio for my get your pictures ready to, for the podcast. Awesome. And that uh, uh, no pain roofing, uh, okay. that high pain. 
Mike Payne, very nice guy it seems, and I met before, but I saw, I saw him uh, in a podcast, and I love to tell my story, so I'll be cool, and I'll be honored to be on his podcast, and, uh, and yeah, I'm going to be on uh, Brave Boys, and I'm in Brave Boys, whatsoever, I don't wish to be on anyone, quite frankly, because it's very scary, like I said, but my, uh, well, I'm gonna be on uh, Susie Cowley the Stampede, hopefully. Yes, and, uh, that's a big. I tell you, I haven't been to the Stampede, but I hear it's like the Super Bowl of Alberta. Is that true? Like it's the yeah, the biggest yeah, theg yeah, in the yeah. year. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, it's, it's good. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Um, Short draws a crowd. Draws a crowd. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, and. Uh, uh, it means a lot of girls, I guess, right? So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's weird. And, and um, another thing, um, uh, I know you've done work with uh, with Mad. Uh, is there any future things? Like, we, will you be continuing to speak for, for them as an organization? 100%. In the future? 100%. 100%. 100%. I'm, uh, uh, okay. I, I actually haven't done any face-to-face right yet because of the pandemic and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But I'm supposed to see stars. Yeah. Mad, so not mad, not stars, mad. Um, it's probably I think, June 1st, I think, for a young, for a group. And there's also another group called Youth Group for young mm-hmm. adults, like mm-hmm. myself. And uh, there's, there's a girl that uh, takes, uh, takes charge of that, Jamie. Mm-hmm. A nice girl. Jamie Hancock, I think is her name. Mm-hmm. Her last name, I don't Jamie, but last name is Hancock, mm-hmm. I think. And she's a very nice girl. And yeah, and I, and I uh, work in, in uh, Steve Sullivan. It's a guy I had in here for Mad Canada. Okay. Yeah, so Brad, Brad attends uh, the virtual sessions every yes. month. He attends okay. virtual sessions. He's very involved and uh, took that on himself. In the early days, and he's well, a very strong advocate. So, well, mom, why, I, sorry, mom. He was actually invited to speak at the national symposium, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In December, and he went. We went to Ontario, and he was on a panel and spoke there um, at this national symposium back in December. What was so your What proud. was your what was your nerves like when 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 you were speaking at this national symposium? Well, have you have you done anything? Have you have you had this that amount of I audience before? Once for uh, for mm-hmm. uh, for uh, college, right? For college once. Yeah, mm-hmm. but this was different. Yeah, it was very but, well organized. Actually, well, the people just really were so good at putting everybody else at ease. So you know, mm-hmm. Brandon just was himself. Awesome. And that just went over very well because you know that's just what you see is what you get. <laughs> yes. And and one thing I'm I'm really glad that you have Brandon and not a lot of people do have. You have a good sense of humor. You're a very funny guy. Uh and I think I think and and, and sometimes I like to make jokes too. I, I can't compare anything that I've gone through with what you've gone through, but what I can say is having that outlook being able to to crack jokes as i said at the beginning of this on your bio where you're saying that you're the guy the g and the gee that got hit in the suv um being able to 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 laugh and to to have fun i mean these are the things that i i think people people need to do more of and and you do it yourself and that's amazing thank you it's not always easy though. Like I, 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 I know the same person I, I used to be, mm-hmm. but like who who was a few, right? And I was brain injury, and uh, but uh, I see, I see, I see things differently now, mm-hmm. and uh, I, uh, I just gotta take day by day and enjoy every moment, every you know, just enjoy every day by day, enjoy every moment, stay humble and keep working towards the goals. And yeah, okay. I'm, 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 I'm absolutely honored to be on your podcast, Matthew. Thank you. And, and I want to keep the door, I want to keep the door open there, Brandon, because I do want to have you come back 
and I do want to see um, the progress that you've been making at the gym because I know you're always making progress there, and it's really inspiring. And I think I think it's it's crazy that you didn't do any speaking before uh, because to me you are you are a speaker you are a natural speaker you have a story yes but you also have again those qualities about yourself you're a funny guy you're able you know it's it's amazing that that i've had the opportunity to have a, a conversation for you with you for about an hour as well as with your mom pam and uh and i look forward to to seeing what the future has in hold for you thanks thanks matthew thank you thanks, great thanks again thank you and uh and hey thank you pam also uh for coming on i really appreciate you there being a support and 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 supporting uh brandon i really appreciate it thank you for having us thank you and i hope everybody enjoyed this episode of the podcast i certainly did as always guys if you're listening to this for the first time and you're a fan make sure to subscribe on your preferred platform, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on Spotify, whether it's Apple Podcasts, etc. Um, that way, when a new episode comes out, you won't miss it. And for the YouTube audience, if you could like, uh, comment, as well as share the video, that way it gets out there more to more people. Uh, this is a very important message that, that we've covered today, and I would love to see Brandon... Uh, have his platform increased and and more opportunities for him to speak on his story so without further ado guys hope you have a good rest of your day whatever time you're listening to this and we'll catch you next time bye